0: Marketing Your Private Practice is a podcast where you'll learn easy to implement tips and strategies to grow your business without spending all day online. I'm your host, Kathy Koliakovo, and I teach practitioners the Thrive Marketing Method to create simple and streamlined plans by focusing on long-term strategies, not just social media. Discover ways to spend less time on your marketing, attract more clients, and build the financial freedom that comes with a thriving practice one where you have time left in your day for the people and things that matter to you. Hey there, Private Practice Heroes. This is Kathy Koliakovo and thanks for listening to the podcast today. My goal, as always, is to share with you strategies and tips to help you grow your practice or business and live a life where you have time left in your day to do things other than running the business. Now today I want to talk about marketing the practice in ways that people often forget about. Ways that don't involve creating content for social media. Because let's get real for a second. We all know the allure of social media. It's quick, it's flashy, it feels like everyone's on it. So the thought is, your clients must be there too. So then you start thinking, well, if my clients are there, I need to focus my time there and push out as much content as possible. And when it starts sticking, I know it'll be working, and then I can do even more and get even more clients. Well, let me know when that sticking starts happening, because for many folks, the non-influencers of the world, like you and I, the real-world practice and business owners, the ones with less than 2,000 followers on social media, well, the sticking point for social media at this stage is very different than when you have tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of followers it's very different and I'll be honest I use those words sticking because they're the exact words a dietitian said to me one day on a consult she was told by someone that to do her marketing and have it work well she just needed to get on Instagram start posting and posting content and when it started sticking she would know it was working well She got things sticking, but not with the right people at all. And in the end, it just really ended up being a waste of time for her. So she was looking for other ways to do the marketing for her practice. And that's what she got into when she joined the Thrive Marketing Academy and started working with me. The thing is, the shiny world of likes and shares isn't the be-all and end-all for growing a solid client base, not for every practice or business owner. Sure, it works for some, but it depends on your setup. It depends on your services. It depends on what you want to do and how you want to market your business too. Because what I'm going to talk about here today, the seven forgotten strategies to get more clients, these are strategies that just may not work for people where social media is working and they love being online and love doing the reels. And they've got the ideal client that looks for that and is the kind of person who will sign up and work with someone doing that but it's just not every single practice owner out there. There are tried and true methods, though, that people often forget in that quest to take action and be active by posting on social media. Because you can get out there and post reels and tips and videos and images and more tips, and the list never ends. But if that's not getting any stickiness for you and people aren't reacting to it and you're not getting traction, you may want to look at some of these tried and true methods, these forgotten ways and strategies, which honestly are about genuine connections, real conversations, getting out there and talking to people and building trust in a way that many have stopped doing because of the lure of social media and online marketing. And guess what? Oftentimes, the connections you make from these offline marketing strategies tend to stick around longer and run deeper than the online ones. Most people will find that they're more invested in someone if you've had a coffee chat with them or met with them at an event or speak at a local bookstore and do a small presentation on nutrition or mindfulness. These kinds of connections that you make are often deeper than those you'll make with someone where you just scroll past and see them on an Instagram post. And, like I said, that connection and stickiness, it does happen for some people on social media. But when you're not at the influencer level and you're not the type of person that wants to get out there and share things with the world on video, then sometimes those odds will be stacked against you. So, what can you do that will work for you? Well, it's often all about getting back to the basics of marketing a practice or business and using some of these forgotten strategies. They can often lead to richer relationships, more referrals, a practice booked with clients, and clients that really feel true to you because they're your ideal client, the person you really want to work with. So while it feels good to stay behind your screen of your computer or your phone and create a ton of content, if you're not getting results from that, Don't forget about the power of some of these good old-fashioned marketing strategies. And you're not going to forget because I've got some samples for you here today. So let's dive into these ways that you can do marketing that people have forgotten about in this day and age of social media. Now the first one that we've got here is to get out and attend some local networking events and do it consistently. Now, I know a lot of us fell off the wagon with this when COVID hit in 2020 and things went online, but for the most part, people are getting back out there in the real world. Sometimes it's a hybrid type of connection, sometimes it's less often than it might have been pre COVID. But the idea is here is there are all sorts of networking groups and events and places for business owners to connect, local professionals even community or mom groups or sports groups, and you want to get out there and find them, try them and join them. And when you find ones that fit you and are really working well, that's where you're going to find that those kinds of networking events are going to pay off even more when you start attending them consistently. So I really want you to think about finding these places and then Set a goal for yourself, really, to check out some of these groups. When you test them out, go out there, try some. You'll find a couple that work. Then be consistent about taking part in them. And I will tell you, when I first started my business 15 years ago, I wanted nothing to do with networking. Well, heck, I didn't even think about opening my own business. Somebody told me to do it, and I did a little investigation and research, and I started a business. That's how I got into business. So when I was taking part in a program for entrepreneurs that included funding, they had requirements. One of them was to attend two networking events a month. I thought I would literally die going to these events. I had a lot of social anxiety back then, but I will tell you that those networking events I had to go to helped me build my confidence like nothing I ever thought was possible. And they really are responsible for how confident I am in meeting and networking and connecting with strangers. Because frankly, I've built my entire business by networking with people online and in person that I didn't know, strangers. The same kind of strangers that used to really cause me a lot of anxiety when I was attending university to the point that I dropped out. I could not stand All the people in the hallways and just walking to class, let alone getting into some of the classrooms. But these networking events I attended, they really helped build that. They also helped build my confidence in saying my elevator pitch, doing little presentations, because it was all part of how they worked. So get out there, find some groups in your community and start attending them on a regular basis. And if you argue with me that you don't have any because you're in too small of a place or there just are none, I would encourage you to be the person who starts a community group like that, a networking event. And that will make you an instant leader, by the way. So look at that as an option too. Now, the second method that we want to look about here is hosting workshops in your community. So oftentimes, a really good way to get out there, get your name out there, and get in front of potential ideal clients is to look for complementary businesses where you could host a free or a low-cost workshop, something like connecting with community centers or gyms or schools, potentially businesses, coffee shops, um, places where you could have the type of people in the audience that would come and use that community business or center or group, wherever it is, and would be interested in learning about what you have to offer. So you want to look at it more as like having a mini workshop or a Q&A session or a lunch and learn, whatever you want to call it. And oftentimes the bonus to the company or the community or the business hosting is it will help drive foot traffic into their business, but it also allows you to showcase your expertise. So it's a win-win for both sides of the relationship here. So as an example, if you offer sports nutrition, you could look to host a nutrition or race day workshop at a running store. So you would go in, share your expertise to the clientele who are all runners, and you're sharing with them information about how to have the best nutrition possible on a race day. Okay, I'm not a dietitian; I don't play one on TV. So you know that this isn't exact what I'm saying, but you get the idea. The idea is you want to position yourself as an expert while you're attracting potential clients and making some connections with the business and community as well libraries and bookstores are a great place to look at as well you bring people to the event they bring people to the event and ideally you want to make sure that there is something that you do that helps promote wherever you're going as much as it would promote you as well and really libraries are all about community so they're a great place to start too and most towns and cities have libraries as well The third thing that you could look at doing is simply community and volunteer involvement. There could be associations and groups out there that could use some help. I mean, there's always people looking for volunteers out there. And when you volunteer in a way that lets you showcase your expertise, that's often a real natural progression of you just showing people what you can do, but you're doing it as part of your volunteer work. Now I'm not saying you need to go in and volunteer somewhere with all these, you know, underlying goals and kind of secret agendas to get clients there. It just often happens naturally. So look at ways that you can be involved in your community, help people out there, and at the same time it could potentially help you in your business as well. These kinds of things you may even want to look at, you know, sponsoring community events or health fairs or farmers markets setting up places where you would have like mini consults, maybe at a farmer's market, different places. So you can get really creative with this and it will really depend upon your community, your own interests and where you want to spend your time as well. But this is often a place that can help you get consults and people interested in what you do because they learn a little bit more about you. And sometimes those people will just learn enough about you to start referring other people to you. That happened to me many, many times over the years. The fourth forgotten way of marketing yourself and your practice or your business is actually media or guest speaking opportunities or even being a guest on a podcast. So this would be something that will take a little bit of research for you to go out and find places where you would like to approach them about being a guest and speaking or talking or sharing your knowledge, local radio shows, TV shows, these are all really great places to go. I have one client from Cleveland, Ohio, Kathy Dawson, relationship coach, and she often had a guest spot on a local TV show. And that was just a natural way for her to talk about what she was doing. It was definitely all on the TV, on the interviews that they were doing every time that she showed up there but she also shared some of that in her marketing too. So the opportunity to be on the TV show meant she could tell people about it and it added a little bit of credibility to her. People could listen in, hear what she had to say, see her, get to know her, hear her voice. And it just helped her find some additional potential clients as well. So it's a really good way to do this. Now, the one thing I will tell you is wherever you do find a place to be a guest speaker or a guest on a podcast or a radio or TV show, and we could probably add to this, you know, magazines and papers and columns, different things like that. Anywhere that you can have a media or PR opportunity. The thing I want you to remember is when you get those opportunities, you want to have a bio and be able to find out if you're allowed to make an offer to people in your bio. So that would be something where you would just have a little short thing about you that you know says something like, you know, Kathy Koliakovo is a marketing strategist for private practice owners and service-based businesses. You can find her at her website at pepperitmarketing.com. And don't forget to sign up for her free marketing stats tracking template on the website and get that free bonus to get you started in getting more results from your marketing. That was a lot of extra words. I just did that on the fly here. But you get the idea here. You want to have an opportunity where they introduce you, and it depends on how long it will be. But you want to have a strategic bio that makes sure that you tell people who you are, who you help, where they can find you, and how they can get started with you. So sometimes that might be a lead magnet. Sometimes it might be a consult. Sometimes it might be something else that you have that they can sign up for. But look at having a strategic bio for any opportunity where you get to speak or get some media coverage as well. So look at ways of doing that. Again, you'll probably have to make a little bit of a list of places you like to go and then reach out to them. It'll take time. Be persistent, okay? Persistence will pay off here. Be genuine. Let them know why you'd like to speak there, how it can help their people, their audience, their community. Always make sure you focus on them for any kind of proposals like that that you want to put out there. So guest speaking, media, PR, podcast is the fourth way. The fifth one is building a referral network and system. Now, most practice owners that I talk to are not allowed to offer fees for referrals. So you have to really look at how can you build a referral network without saying, oh, I'll give you a you know, a dollar amount back or a bonus of this or that. You have to go about it really from your heart and cultivate relationships where both sides of the relationship here are very happy to refer back and forth because they believe in what is happening. So you want to look at cultivating relationships with doctors, pediatricians, other therapists, complementary businesses, again, is what we're looking at here. Folks who may work with similar clients but don't offer the same services as you do. You will want to do some of this in person, okay? It cannot be all by email. It cannot be all by dropping things off at a door and never talking to anybody. So you want to look at ways that you can stand out, ways that you can connect with them, meet with them, talk to them. You want to make sure that you have some back and forth so that both sides of this referral relationship Understand the value each other provides and how you're going to help that person in the middle, which is the common client that you have. So, you want to make sure that you have time, you talk to them, maybe you regularly check in with them. You want to build a good relationship with people like this. And I did talk a lot more about this in episode 11 of my podcast, where I shared seven elements for a successful offline referral marketing system. So, I'll link to that in the show notes. But the idea is here, you want to build these referral relationships and referral partners. You want to make sure people know how to refer to you, that they have business cards, maybe promotional material, maybe some extras to remind them of you and how you can help their clients. Um, I'll tell you, we have one rock star referral networking marketing person in my uh, inner circle program, my membership program, Kathy. Glazer of eatsmartcoach.com is awesome at this. She does so many unique things. People remember her. She's an artist too. So she actually took one of her paintings, turned it into a card and uses that to drop things off. She makes baskets, little things to drop off. And she really does a good job at this. And when you do that kind of a job, you will stand out to people and they will remember you and they will get to know you more and the thing with that is you're developing and cultivating this relationship of people that work with clients who could use your help, your service, even though they're working with somebody else for another service. So you want to make sure that you can develop these kinds of relationships as much as possible. And this is probably next to the networking. I would say these two are the top two out of the five that I've given you. They kind of anchor you know, the networking first, the referral networking system and partners at the end but they really are the gold when it comes to the offline marketing that we're looking at here. And I do have a bonus idea for you too, because I know this one could be a little tricky, but I really think that with some practice and business owners, it could work. Having open house events at your place of business. Now, this could be tricky if you're 100% virtual. Okay, I understand that. But for those of you that aren't, this could be a really great way to get people to get to know you, meet you, meet your team. Have a time once a year, once every six months where potential clients can come in, they can drop by, they can meet everybody, they can learn about the services. You know, have some light refreshments, give out some free resources, make sure you brand them and they have a way to reach you from any resources that you put out there. Maybe you want to have some mini consults, whatever it is. And the thing is, you could also extend this to current clients. So almost look at it as a client appreciation type of thing. Now, I know with practice owners, this could be a real issue with confidentiality. So I understand this could be a little complicated here, but I just wanted to throw the idea out there because this could be something that could work for some of you out there. So just think of some ways that an open house type of client appreciation event could be possible for you. When you think about these five different strategies that people really have forgotten about when it comes to marketing these days, what I want you to really do is look back to what you're doing. And if you're finding yourself trying all sorts of online marketing that's not getting anywhere, think back and ask yourself, have you given some of these forgotten strategies a shot or have you left them behind for that shiny object syndrome of social media. Some of them, I'll be honest, some of these offline strategies are working like gangbusters for members of my Thrive Marketing Academy. And I'm not saying social media doesn't work, but it can't be all you have in your toolkit for marketing your practice or your business. You've got to diversify and try some new ways. So if you haven't done some of these five forgotten strategies, Think about which ones you could incorporate into your business or your practice. And they do involve a lot of face to face, in person, or meeting, or maybe talking on the phone. So it is going to be challenging at first. I know that it means getting out from behind your computer and getting out of your office or getting out of your house if you work from home. But I think you will find that if you can come up with some unique ways to do some of these different strategies it's going to make you stand out from everybody else who is just stuck there behind their computer using social media almost as a cover. I'm marketing my business. I'm not getting very good results, but I'm going to keep on trying till it starts sticking. If you are in that stage now, I really encourage you to try one of these different five forgotten marketing strategies. And just to give you a little recap here, the first one is doing some local networking. The second one that you want to look at is hosting workshops in your community. Community and volunteer involvement is the third one here. Guest speaking and getting on podcasts or on radio or TV show spots is another one. And don't think that one's out of the reach, by the way. There are a lot of local televisions and radio stations out there, and they are looking for people to... Help them deliver content to their audience. So remember that, okay? The fifth one is building a referral network and partners and system that you've got in place. And don't forget to check out episode 11, where we talk a little bit more about doing some offline and referral networking and marketing and getting a system in place for that. And then the bonus one to think about is having some open house events. So look at these different strategies. Think about how you could put them into play, especially if you feel burnt out writing content day after day after day and not getting results from it. Now, one thing I want you to think about with all of this as well is something I talk about all the time, knowing your numbers and tracking your stats. These strategies will require a little more offline tracking too, because you're not going to have, you know, reports that tell you, oh, how many people you would. You know, met at the event and how many called you back or how many reached out and book a consult because they met you at an event or heard you on speaking somewhere. So you will need to do a little bit of tracking with this. I do all of this in my marketing stats tracking template. I have the pipeline tab in it. And in there, I keep track of consults I get and people that reach out. And I track where I know they're coming from. And that's helped me totally know and understand that certain events and taking part in certain groups is worth it for me because I'm actually getting an ROI on going to those events. So there's some of them that are sacred in my calendar and I do not miss them for anything because I know from tracking them that they are working for me. And if you want a copy of that free stats tracking template, check the show notes wherever you're listening to this. I'll have a link to it there or you can find it at marketingyourprivatepractice.com slash 64 which is the episode number that you're listening to today. So I want to thank you for taking the time to listen in. And I want to remind you to thrive in practice means looking at all different ways to reach potential clients, ways that are not always about using social media. Some of the forgotten marketing strategies out there can bring you more results and even more clients. I'll see you next time. You can find all of our show notes and resources mentioned at marketingyourprivatepractice.com. Be sure to connect with me on Instagram at pepperitmarketing and say hi. I'd love to hear any feedback you have and make sure to rate and review the podcast and hit subscribe on your favorite player so you don't miss any future episodes.